Hello and welcome back to Rising Generations, the podcast. I'm Layla and I'm here with my co-host Thea and a special guest today, Zev, to talk about mental health and the evolution of one's mental well-being and a whole lot more. Bringing it over to Thea. Awesome. Thank you so much, Layla, for the intro and thank you, Zev, for joining us today. Um, we are going to jump right into things, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to say on this, because as you've given me a little bits and pieces, I know there's a lot to tell. So the first question we kind of have for you is just, can you tell us a bit about your personal journey with mental health? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, I have been struggling for a while and with mental health issues, and uh, it started when I was in grade nine I uh I had a really difficult experience with a coach I was a competitive swimmer and um in childhood as well I had uh some difficulty with a lot of things and you know relationships and stuff like that um parents they're good in a lot of ways but also they had a lot of like uh shortcomings and there was a lot of issues in that regard um a lot of fear and stuff and so it was difficult and growing up I always had a, a lot of difficulty socializing with people and um, just connecting with myself kind of thing and the so anyways grade nine I had this terrible coach and it, so I quit swimming in grade 10 and um, that's when I started to uh, experience a bit of depression back, back then I really didn't know what the depression was and I just thought I was like going on and I didn't think too much about it. I just thought, you know, I just have to get through high school, put it aside. Um, so I really didn't look at it or take care of it in any way. And as um, as time went on, great, I was having these like really terrible panic attacks. My anxiety was at like a 10 and most nights I'd be staying up till like 12 a.m. Just like very afraid. I had this really like irrational fear that I was going to throw up. It's like terrible fear. Um, yeah. and, like it just it's, it was didn't make any sense and so I, I developed insomnia and it was really really difficult and it kind of cleared on to grade 10 and I had difficulty in social experience so it was all a lot of things compounded and I wasn't in a good place at all and in grade 11 I uh, I found meditation online and I, I started doing that and it helped a bit but not completely um and I was still really struggling. And I, I think a lot of the time when I was struggling, I didn't even validate myself that I was. I just kind of um, brushed over it and uh, just like pretended I wasn't or ignored myself or just looked for the next quick fix or quick healing technique to get through the next day or two days. And that was like, it was kind of a bit of a, a circular journey. It didn't really go anywhere. I wasn't progressing in a positive direction so much. It was kind of more cyclical. Um, and so that was really difficult. And grade 12, I, uh, in grade 11, I also started ultra running. So I was a runner and I do marathon running. Um, I used to post a lot on social media and I actually had my own podcast at one point. And, and I was like really determined to kind of move through what I was dealing with and it it was coming from a place of kind of more um not like deep grounded spiritual um awareness and more just kind of grasping at things to try to Mm -hmm. find some sort of stability in my life and it was really difficult and then last year I went to university is at Waterloo for math and there um, as well a lot of difficulty socializing and my mental health was getting worse and I and I didn't even know that what I was experiencing was depression I just thought if I just I was just looking for the next thing the next thing that I find on social media the next spiritual teacher that I find online to to get me through and to be honest like it was It was really, it really wasn't, I really should have looked for help more from probably a professional or done more work with a therapist, but I determined to find some place of stability on my own. So I continued on, a lot of difficulty, friends and people, very frustrating, uh, and then dropped out of university just to take a year off this year, uh, 2022, 2023, 
And um, I really, I really couldn't get anywhere. Uh, I was diagnosed with OCD when I was really young. And so I was, I was obsessively trying to find answers for why I was feeling depressed and why I had this anxiety. Um, and it was really getting to like a really difficult place. And the, the only, the only uh, like uh, outlet I had and, and place to, to learn and stuff was the internet. And so I was continued to go down internet rabbit holes and the insomnia was really bad. Um, and of course I got with my OCD, I got caught up on in the insomnia. I was obsessing over it. So every single part of my day would be um, to try to find what would help me sleep at night, which was like, uh, it was literally like, I didn't know I was in it, but it was, it was like, it's like a hell, it's a hell realm. It's a, like a hell realm as Buddhists talk about. So it's like really sick. Well, I couldn't, I, I didn't know that I was in it. Um, and I really, I really needed more help. I saw a therapist every so often, but uh, the OCD, it was really bad. And so, yeah, things just kind of, things kind of went downhill very slowly, but, but, and I was just doing things to manage. It was kind of like I was getting my head above water for air and then sinking back down to the deep end and then getting my head above water and, and sinking back down and, um, and I thought that healing and getting through mental health was a, uh, was kind of like something that you just do automatically. You find the one thing that just works and then you move past your depression and anxiety. And maybe that's the case for some people, but for me, I, I'm, and I'm still learning and I am by far not in a completely stable or optimal place, but, um, it's a little bit learning to walk the middle line and the middle path. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of thing and um yeah well i can tell you a little bit more about how how it continued and um yeah so mental health it really i really didn't I didn't appreciate it I didn't pay attention it kind of was swept away also like i didn't have a lot of validation in the way that i needed from the people around me i think that's partly because they didn't understand what i was going through um because ever i mean everyone experiences reality differently and for the people around me, they, you know, they experience reality one way. And so of course, to try to empathize with me from where I was at was like difficult, if not impossible for them. And, I, and that really made me frustrated and feel more alone, which led to like, uh, you know, a lot of suicidal ideation, a lot of feelings of hopelessness. Like there's nothing I can do to get better feelings of I'm trying all these things from social media and from people online. I'm, I'm trying so hard to get better. Why is nothing working? Um, and I think, well, obviously, because I was looking for that quick fix, but it continued on. And eventually this year, um, I, to be completely honest, I, um, I finally did get the help that I needed. And um, I went to the hospital because I, I couldn't, you know, I was very, I was suicidal ideation and just deep depression. And I didn't know what to do. And um, there was some psychotic episodes that I was having from I guess I'm not sure what it was the depression the doctors aren't even sure but it's all been quite a crazy journey um, going through and trying to get help and, and I'm at a place now where I'm much more stable and I um, and I understand I'm learning more and more every day to, to find that balance between trying to progress and move forward and find the fix and then the other side of it which is being okay with where I'm at and understanding that there is not one quick fix and that people out there who are struggling and people who are struggling in general, if you're, if you're taking steps towards a place you want to be, that you're, that's what you're doing. It's great. Asking for help, getting help, um, even from a psychiatric level, if you've really tried everything is something that really shouldn't be shamed. And especially for the kind of world we're living in now, where things are so fast paced and the anxiety is so high in so many aspects of it. And and social media as well, especially for me in my case, like going down rabbit holes and trying to find answers from influencers who have people who found things that worked for them, created even, you know, even more stress. And so, and so now like, I know that where I want to progress forward is balance. It's a balance between med using meditation and breath work, as well as the medication that has uh, helped me so much. And, um, yeah, so it's just, it's doing that and doing exercise and doing little things every day to, to move forward without putting so much pressure on myself or, or whatever. 
so yeah that's basically where I'm at now and I'm I'm really hopeful for the future and there's better days and there's worse days but as long as I'm trying or as long as you're out there trying and asking for help where there's hope there's help so you know keep mm-hmm. moving forward that kind of thing yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing all that Dev. I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people to hear and just bring hope to people who are at those low points and personally myself I can relate to almost everything you said I have I also have diagnosed OCD, among other things, um, and the obsessive aspect of trying to find things to give you that temporary fix is such a trap that I've found in my life. And what I've learned a lot as well through working with a therapist and doing all kinds of different things, um, I've I've noticed that that's just kind of how society works nowadays, where everyone is constantly chasing this like quick fix we're looking for temporary solutions because we live in a very temporary materialistic world and I think what I found to be really important is stepping back and like what you were saying is looking at the step right in front of you it's it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the bigger picture because again none of us know what we're doing (laughs) you know life is a mystery and we're just here for the ride and when you try and solve every problem problem you have in your life it it gets very overwhelming and it can bring you to very low places and yeah just for the people that do experience that just remember getting help as you were saying is never something to be frowned upon it is a step of courage that is so worth taking um and yeah just just reaching out and and being able to step back and just becoming present and and looking where you are now is such a useful tool to do and obviously it's easier said than done but it comes with practice and things like meditation and breath work are such useful tools in, in aiding yeah, that for sure um like understanding that where you are in your mind and what you're experiencing you're not it's it's not hopeless for you but that's mm-hmm. something that really hit like deep there's this deep feeling of hopelessness that i can't get better and like, mm-hmm. and I still have that, like, I still have it a lot sometimes. And, and just kind of understanding that, like, what I'm experiencing has definitely been experienced by somebody else before us, another human, yeah. probably millions of humans are experiencing it. And so like, mm-hmm. it feels very isolating, especially going through it. But if there are anywhere you can find help, you know, that's really important. I mean, taking it one day at a time slowly finding a place of equilibrium where there's enough balance between like moving forward and and feeling good and and uh yeah Mm -hmm. and I want to say thank you as well to for sharing your story because that is part of the journey that now we get to all share this moment of we've reached a point where we can share and increase awareness and also further our journeys because just speaking on these topics is freeing you know because we tend to hold things so close to ourselves and that feeling of hopelessness can be tied so heavily to loneliness like you're saying and so even doing something like this you can now be like okay wow now now you get to connect and now there's such a beautiful side to things um and and a quick question that I had for you Because it sounded like you had a bit of a turning point over the past few months where you decided to um, get get help. And I was wondering for you, was spirituality a component in this turning point that you had? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like for me, um, spirituality has been the background that's kept me going. I may even go so far as to say kept me alive understanding that what I'm going through as difficult and as fucked up as it is sometimes like this is why I'm here I'm here to learn and change and experience and and move forward and like I truly believe I I'm not given anything that I can't handle and even when it feels so bad and I'm like deep in some sort of OCD rabbit hole or like like with the yeah like experiencing other symptoms that I've had um just like deep in the mental like gross like gunk of the mind it's Mm -hmm. just like 
it's so hard to move forward. And, and for me, like knowing that there is a spiritual backing, like that there is something that is bigger than me that's happening through meditation or through just spiritual cause, like that has helped so much. But in terms of like getting help from like to go into a hospital to get help or taking that step, it's been more practical. Um, and yeah, and, and, and kind of more logical, like, and it wasn't me who made that decision that I should go to get help. It was kind of out of my control, but where I am now and knowing that like, there is a place, like if you are really struggling, there are places like hospitals that you can go to and places where you can get like really intentional care. I think it's like super important, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily spirituality that brought me there. Spirituality kind of kept me as well in a bit of a loop, knowing like just taking myself away and, and being like the suffering that I'm going through. And this is, I think a trap of spirituality is to think like the suffering I'm going through, it's all part of the one and it's all perfect and it's all is going as it is. And, and only, only it's like removing yourself and, and, like um what's the word like not taking yourself seriously um and your pain seriously and brushing it away saying spiritually bypassing your pain which i think is a big thing that social media and spiritual leaders who i've seen and and has done for me has kind of given me little like i said grasping for like air and then going back under um so it, yeah, it's definitely a balance as well and, and balancing the spiritual world with the physical world because we have to remain grounded in the physical world is like, I think one of the biggest things, especially if you're on a spiritual uh, journey out there, like utilizing it and, and being self-compassionate and not trying to spiritually bypass your way into a freedom or enlightenment or whatever and understanding it's a process of like, loving yourself and, and the enlightenment is becoming a light you know you lighten up on yourself and you slowly do that um rather than one big fell swoop you know and like we have resources that are in the physical world um cbt like cognitive behavioral therapy dialectical behavioral therapy medications here now because like we're giving them so that we can navigate and manage the world that we're living in mm-hmm. and so like if there if you have nothing else and spiritually bypassing and taking that mental step back and falling into the grace of the world and connection is great but like you know it's uh mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a slippery slope it's a balancing act i really believe it for it sure and is. i think you put that really beautifully the the whole part that you've just said to be honest, that it really is a balancing act. And I agree with you that very quickly it can turn into an escapism, um, you know, through different things that people tell you. Uh, we've talked a lot about how all that social media spirituality stuff is just a scam <laughs> to begin with. Um, but I think you're right. We have to be careful with the escapism part of experiencing things like meditation or out-of-body experiences or whatever it may be because end of the day we are here to be on earth you know otherwise we would just be in the universe somewhere like so might as well experience it for a reason right and experience it here now yeah yeah and the difficulties that we are experiencing like they're given to us it's, it's almost for me in my life been too perfect and like I, it's a weird thing to say that because I felt like like being in a hospital for like weeks and like dealing with some really heavy shit has been so like difficult when I'm in it and feeling like, but like stepping back from a perspective, like it's all working out as it should. And it's all like, and, I, and I'm, as I learn through myself, I can help the people around me. And as I become more okay with not being okay and more grounded in myself and more okay with the balancing act, then I can help others who live, with OCD or like a very black and white way of looking at the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with all that. And one thing I, I just wanted to add from what you're saying before about suffering, I think kind of where the misconception arises is 
with the idea again around escapism and things like that i think a lot of these like spiritual gurus and people out there on social media that are putting out all this information again yeah i give you these quick little ways to get around things but like you've said you always end up falling back down and i think the where the misconception occurs is with people believing that like you can just take step 20 when you're at step zero and a very low point it's it's jumping way too far ahead and people also not understanding again that mental health issues on a mental level on a physical level some of these things have serious implications on your life and they're not something that can just be treated through breathing and and meditating although those things are extremely useful tools some things do have to be looked at on a deeper level and the healing aspect must come first in order to take you to that next level of spirituality. You can't skip that process because big part of spirituality that I love is the concept of energy and frequency and vibration. And Layla and I have talked a lot about that, but I think that all of these events that have triggered significant negative emotions within us, if we didn't know how to deal with them at the time, they've become energy blocks within us that are just suppressed. And that's why we have triggers where things arise in a moment based on something that happened. And I think learning how to heal and take a deep dive into the things you face, the trauma you've dealt with, and actually learn how to reconceptualize it rather than just intellectualize it and move on um, is very useful. And I think that's where the block is. But yeah, I think it's really important for people to understand that mental health needs to be taken seriously and it's not as easy as just taking some right. deep breaths and meditating but uh, yeah no for sure that makes that makes 100 sense and with having said like you're so right like we have to i have to for me like with finding like balance first and then moving into the spiritual aspect once you're able to like navigate and be a human on earth living mm-hmm. life then you can move more into that spiritual dimension and like especially spiritual i feel like it's the kind of thing that you really can't you can't do it alone you really I mean maybe you can but like I feel like you really need somebody else to be there with you especially when you're deep like within like a meditative state and this deep traumatic wound comes up and you don't know what to do with it and it's really like takes you back and um yeah like just getting that help getting asking for that help finding that stability first before you move into like that the ethers of spirituality and that kind of thing mm-hmm. for sure i kind of wanted to um, get your take on this as well what role would you say physical health plays in overall mental well-being and how can a healthy lifestyle positively impact one's mental health i found this extremely yeah. prominent in my journey so i'm really curious what you have to say about it yeah for sure um yeah physical health has always been like a big part of my life since i was young um it's a it, yeah i mean trying as best you can trying to get out every day for a walk or run some kind of movement trying your best to do that is so important um just making that effort you know trying as best you can if, if all you can do and you're in like super deep depression all you can do is like walk to the bathroom and back like totally cool like trying your best there is no ultimate ultimately you want to get to a place where like for me in my life like you know regular exercise routine regular things you're doing all the time eating healthy all the time but it it's it's the kind of thing that can't be done in like one fell swoop where you just move automatically to uh, a place you're eating 100 percent whole foods plant-based you're you're exercising like an hour a day like it's a little steps definitely for sure but yeah in my life like running is huge thing grade 11 grade 12 like running uh it's like so helpful for me for my mental health still is every day I try to get out for a walk or a run doing a lot of barefoot running which is like super fun if anyone here if anyone out there has tried barefoot running or, or is interested highly recommend it's like so fun and so connecting with like the earth mm-hmm. um yeah yeah very important very important I'm definitely gonna have to try that now actually um I I 
like my barefoot walks, but I don't know why I've never thought about doing it running. So that's great. And I I like the tip of, you know, it is so gradual. And I think it's one of those things where the smallest change in your routine and every day, like getting consistently out of bed in the morning at, you know, a similar time. And then you look back and so many other things have evolved and changed, you know, just because you made that one small thing I think it has such a huge impact, you know, especially everyday routine and little things um, down the line, then it will no longer feel like you're trying and it'll no longer feel like work. And then you can gradually evolve from doing something that was really difficult, like getting out of bed to then having, you know, your full day routine. And so, That's what I really recommend for anyone who's slowly trying to get themselves a bit more together in any way. Um, It's just integrating even the smallest thing that you've been meaning to do in your everyday, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every day, like something that I've been doing is um, I write down five or six things. I'll just pull it up right now that I kind of like I don't have to like I was going to try my best to do every day. And then like the rest of the day, I'm giving myself a lot of room to just hang out and chill before I start work and stuff. So I, I do breath work um, with, uh, it's called like Wim Hof Method, if anyone's heard of it. Uh, the original name is called Tumo. It's like this ancient breath breathing technique. And this guy, Wim Hof, the Iceman, uh, kind of revamped it. And it, it it's really cool. Check it out online if you're interested. I do meditation with Headspace pretty much. Um, I just sit there with my eyes closed and I just don't do anything. Even though I'm supposed to focus on the breath, I just sit there with my eyes closed. It's wonderful. Um, I've been praying a lot, praying to God. Um, and my prayer looks more like a gratitude prayer, like just to show like how, like I'm really just kind of to reinforce my gratitude for um, little things, even if I don't feel grateful for them, just thanking the, the divinity for, for allowing me to have certain things. Um I've been learning to juggle. Like I have these really cool juggling balls that I, I do every day. Um, mm-hmm. five, I do five minutes of uh, pranayama breath work, which um, I can just do like tell you like a quick demo if anyone wants to know. So um, you breathe in for five seconds. You close your, let's say, right nostril first and you breathe in for five seconds. And then you change, you say you cover, then your left nostril and you breathe out for like six or seven seconds. And then you breathe in with, with the same nostril closed, like the left one for five seconds. Then you switch and check it out online. It helps me so much. Helps me before I go to sleep, stuff like that. Um, everything I've done. And, and you know what, like just saying what I've done, like it's, it's different for anyone. Like this is what helps me. I have five things, do it whenever during the day. Just want to get it done as a goal. If I don't, self-compassion, trying my best um how can i bring more love and balance it kind of something i fall back on um i try to do journaling every day so i, I usually just i am too lazy to like write or type so i just dictate through like talking to my phone i just one huge long page which is a journal entry I try to do art every day like an artistic expression through um drawing or origami or clay just trying to do that um to go for a walk or run, preferably a run, trying to train for the Toronto Marathon. I'm working, the things I'm, I have the things I'm working on, which is being okay with not knowing, being okay with not being okay, kinder and more supportive self-talk when I'm conversing with others, even if I feel like shit. I say, Zev, you're doing a great job. You're really, you're trying your best and it's 10 times less awkward than you think it is, even if something is awkward. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, really accepting the feelings as it exists without needing to change it. Something that's kind of more my like uh, North Star that I'm aiming towards. So I'm, I'm just trying a lot of things. And uh, with the insomnia, what has helped me the most, there's this excellent YouTube channel called um, The Sleep Coach School. And uh, he does, he's a completely new, taking, uh, new take on insomnia and getting through it. And he has this method called set it and forget it. So you set it bedtime you set a wake up time for me it's a nine hour window so i can sleep as much as or as little as i want within those nine hours and forget about it for the insomnia i spent like days like for like the last year just like going in rabbit holes trying to get um trying to like control sleep 
And if anyone's out there struggling with insomnia, you can't control sleep. It's a natural body process. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just going to sleep. So I have 11 p.m. go to sleep, 8 a.m. alarm for wake up. You just forget about it. If I sleep like shit, it's whatever. If I sleep great, awesome. But I forget about it. Um, yeah, so these are just like little things that I do that are super helpful. But I think for the individual listening, it's about finding your own things that work for you and your own schedule. And even if it's one thing that you do every day, like, I don't know, lying in your bed, doing 10 seconds, a minute of deep breaths, whatever it is, just trying one thing, slowly building, seeing what you can do, bringing that love and self-compassion and understanding that it is a process, but as long as you're trying, you're doing an excellent job. Amazing. And, and I like how you're saying the element of self-compassion, you know, doing everything with a hint of empathy for yourself, you know, the empathy that we'd give others for them trying hard and seeing effort, you know, like if you saw that same effort in a friend, you know, what feelings you'd feel for them. And I like how you mentioned a few things and the breathwork and the meditation, you know, you're saying five minutes and that that's really what it takes is even if it's a couple minutes, like five minutes, it's going to make a massive difference, you know? And I think a lot of people can be in that all or nothing mindset. If I don't meditate for like an hour, then it doesn't mean it's going to work. You know, I used to think that too. Like if I don't meditate for an hour tonight, then there's no point in doing it. Like whatever. No, it can be a couple minutes and you'll feel great. And that's all you need. It's to feel amazing for those moments or feel relief or calmness, whatever you need. And, um, and it'll take you a long way. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I used to be there too. I started meditation where I forced myself to meditate an hour a day for a week. And it was just like, I was just sitting there going like in circles in my mind when I was doing that. And so, yeah, self-compassion is so important. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's that's really true. Like with meditation, I feel like everyone that really gets into meditation has that idea at first where like you got to do it for a really long time or it won't work. But yeah, just like both of you guys said, it is so true that it just takes a few minutes. And if you can't five, find five minutes in your day, you're lying to yourself. So look around and, and do something that's going to benefit you because it is a little tool. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And just to add quickly before we uh, move on to the next topic, I just wanted to say about the whole your mind is racing when you meditate for a long time thing that you mentioned. Of, I think if that's what's happening, you're doing it right. And I think the self-compassion aspect is, again, so important there because if your thoughts are programmed in a negative way, it's going to be really difficult to just listen to that nonstop without getting sucked in for like an hour but again, it's about starting small and building onto that. And the whole goal of meditation is to not, it's not to stop thinking, it's to create space between you and your thoughts and become the observer. So I think that's really important. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into the next question momentarily. Awesome. So yeah, the next topic we kind of wanted to jump into and discuss was a bit about different like meditation practices or healing practices that we've learned along the way. I know on other episodes, Layla and I have discussed kind of shadow work and inner child healing, but Zev, we'd love to get your take and experience on these things. So you want to just share a bit about what you've learned there? For sure. Yeah. Um, For me, like meditation has been a really complicated relationship that I've had to it. And something that I'm doing now is I'm using meditation as a vehicle to be more open and more kind to myself. And um, so I, I, what pretty much I do now, like I, I think I said it early on is, uh, yeah, I put on a headspace meditation. Um, I started with that as well. And I, it's like zero pressure. It's close my eyes and sit there for like 10 minutes and I wait and my mind just kind of calms down and sometimes I focus on the breath, but I feel like the number one component of meditation is to be um, as kind to yourself as possible and to really go easy. So if it's really sucks, your meditation really sucks after like five minutes of sitting there, then 
I say probably stop meditation and do something else. Try mindful walking. I love doing that. It's super calming. Just getting the foot, your feet on the ground. Uh, number one thing if anyone there is trying meditation or starting or whatever is self-kindness and self-compassion and, and using it as an opportunity to reconnect with yourself rather than an opportunity to achieve some sort of enlightened state. I think maybe if you have like a teacher or a master who's got something more than maybe that's the the place on retreat maybe that's the place to like be harder on yourself and i don't know but for me yeah what works best is the super super kind to myself or trying a little bit more something i really struggle with and trying a bit more to be okay with not being okay and uh yeah it feels good after just like sitting there and, and without any kind of uh expectations just allowing it and understanding that whatever happens happens and as long as i'm showing up that's for me the meditation but it could be completely wrong it could be like not meditating at all and i have no idea but um yeah i love doing that and uh yeah there's another thing i wanted to bring up was um concept i've been thinking about lately is uh reparenting your inner child and within all of us we have our we don't even have to call them children we have our automatic processes the way we engage with the world the way we present ourselves and um i don't know what it is but it is just learned behaviors pretty much and uh if you had a pretty fucked up childhood or a childhood where your parents were really not attuned to you and they kind of just like brushed you over or even like little things you develop like anxiety or certain coping mechanisms like uh, where you're really angry at yourself or you have a lot of mental self like uh obsession like whatever you know like coping mechanisms that worked when you're a kid and are now maladaptive then uh you or anyone who's dealing with that i really recommend trying to as much as you can it's not a science it's kind of more like if you notice yourself falling into a pattern saying, how would I talk if I was talking to a kid right now? And so you see yourself, like for me, for example, I see myself, I'll go and I'll like, be like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to watch TV. And I'll be like, um, okay, well, do you, do you think this will be good for you if you watch TV? You know, like, or if I have like, like, I don't know, it's little things or if like, um, I uh, am talking to somebody and I feel uncomfortable, I'd be like, it just and I so a lot of things time I really don't I have a hard time listening to how I'm feeling inside or I kind of like throw myself out and just like do what I'm supposed to do and so uh trying to be a bit more curious instead of judgmental first of all and it's it's not like an easy process or anything but like for me uh I try to teach myself rather than like forcing myself to be healthy or forcing myself to do anything just kind of not even having a conversation because I think that's weird yet but it's probably not weird if it works for you it's great but um just like trying to um reconnect a little bit uh like whatever it takes you know whatever your step and your processes to to be a bit kinder to yourself and to understand that your processes are learned behaviors a lot of them especially the ones that are very painful for you are what people call like maladaptive strategies then uh yeah just um kindness and uh yeah like that kind of thing yeah, instead of like having be harsh on yourself, instead of being like, um, like a warden, inner warden to this inner child, which people spend years just like beating themselves up, for the smallest things, and and I've spent a lot of time doing that as well, like saying something like it's awkward or like whatever, um, it's like trying to a little bit reframe or uh, be a bit kinder, being okay with not being okay and gentleness inner gentleness that kind of thing I think very important yeah yeah for sure and I feel like the moment that you decide you're on your own team you know instead of constantly going against yourself you know working with these different parts that we have and that inner child and all these different elements also that we have just to our mind and to ourself um kind of deciding that we're going to work together instead of against you know um because I think there always is an inner battle um that we all have you know um so I think I think that's really important what you're trying to get out of the bringing them those things all collectively together and then having that compassion to say okay let's work together towards these things instead of um the battle 
you know, and I think it's, I think that element is also really freeing, you know, you kind of, a weight is lifted and when you can let go, um, yeah. Yeah, like just trying to notice, trying to be more aware of the way uh, the inner processes work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that I've found very useful over the last few years in that sense, I think I like to refer to this as the critic versus the coach. Um, And one of my favorite things around like thought processes and learning reprogramming in that sense, I like to kind of think of it as the thoughts we have. Yes, they're like, a program of the past they're a compilation of everything we've ever consumed in a sense um and a lot of the way that voice operates and talks to you is based on the way you were spoken to throughout the experiences that you've had and like you said if you've had a fucked up childhood or you've experienced a lot of trauma or just been around people that are not necessarily positive it's very easy for that voice to be really negative and that voice to not be supportive and for it to be constantly beating you down. And I think for quite a few years, that was kind of the state I was in, a state of, again, complete hopelessness and just being at a very low, low where that voice was just telling me to give up and that there's no point and that I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy and all this negative stuff and that effect that was completely affecting the way I viewed myself. And and then I believed all of it. And as I've learned to kind of step away from my thought processes and, and really be the observer, I've learned how to verbalize things like you were saying through self-talk. And at first it does feel uncomfortable. That's kind of normal. If it's not something you've done before, that's how most things are when you're experiencing something for the first time. But Really, when you can catch yourself having these thoughts in the moment and then come out verbally with what you actually need to hear is such a useful way of reprogramming. And just, again, you can find more compassion with yourself just in the idea alone that what's currently in your head and and what you hear that voice saying all the time is programming. You don't have, you have not had a say in what it is up until the point where you can realize that you haven't had a say in what it is, and then you can learn to change it. But until then, you need to just be compassionate for what's already there because it's not in your control on how it's come yeah, about, you know? For sure. Yeah, like um, just like trying trying your best to become a bit more aware and, and trying these things is like super important, but it's for sure a process and mm-hmm. the kind of thing that like, probably takes a while just slowly being a bit more aware of trying your best and and trying to just put that one step in front of the next um Mm -hmm. and understanding that the agenda is um it's not really one that exists but um it's a Mm -hmm. slow and it's a it's a long process and it's um it's yeah like for me like when i'm when i feel empty and i'm and i'm looking for uh, is there's some quality that i come off as like a grasping quality to try to get something from somebody else and that's coming from and I could be like super critical of myself for that which I I am usually most of the time it's really just like me feeling afraid and um, insecure and a lot of things about probably like from my childhood that are just repeating themselves and uh, you notice it you see it you do a bit of work with therapists and you know, just like understanding it's a multitude of things, but uh, understanding that there is a little inner child there and, you know, creating that best relationship over time is very, very important. Um, and uh, I think a big step in uh, the healing process is that, that inner self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, then, and then you can also like step back and if you, you want to step back and you're in this place, you feel like you're speechly ready or whatever, there's, there's ideas that like, and it's something that keeps me going, something that is my North Star, especially when, like, I feel completely hopeless and, I, and I'm and i convinced by my delusional thoughts. And it feels like kind of a negative thing to call myself delusional. Sometimes they, like, legitimately are delusional. I just, I tell myself, like, I, and, and also throughout all my experiences that I've ever had, I have always been the one who witnesses the experience the one who's aware of what's going on who sees the inner processes happening 
the more awareness you can have is that's when you can start to make change. So you start with like trying to be a bit more aware and then, you know, work on it and self-compassion all that, but it's, it starts with awareness. And when I've had like, um, I've had episodes of psychosis before. And um, when I'm in that place and I'm in that state, it's pretty scary and pretty weird. But the one thing that's, that stays the same is I'm always the one who's watching. It's just me believing the crazy stories I create in my mind and, and a lot of time we do create these crazy stories but with uh with psychosis it's usually where i think the people who experience it they're a little bit more believing their stories and uh usually a bit more sensitive to uh to a lot of things and so you create stories in your head you believe it and, and you kind of go down that rabbit hole so you just bring a little bit of awareness you see what's going on um and sometimes it's impo- it feels impulsive sometimes it is probably really hard and might even take uh the use of like some medication to quiet down the self that is seen but that awareness always stays the same like like i was just kind of saying it's is my awareness with all the experiences that i've had has always been there and it's mm-hmm. kind of about reconnecting with that and and it's a real push and pull but there's no for me i've never found that there's one answer there's lots of little things that help and really deeply understanding that there's lots of little things that help and that this is your test and that you are the awareness behind the processes is very um, important and helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of on this note, because you have such a great awareness now, like that's obvious, you know, your perspective I'm sure has changed a lot over time and you've learned a lot of lessons and to kind of ask you something because you've have had such this, change that I'm sure has been gradual what do you think is something you wish you knew you know towards the beginning of your mental health and spiritual journey great question um if if I were to go back and I actually have a post on Instagram about this um about me going back to my younger self and saying something so hopefully I can find actually I think I just like rem- remember it's not verbatim but that on my Instagram nxt level z check it out um but I yeah so um if I would go back the one thing that I would really push for my younger self is to be like try to as much as I can be compassionate and there's not one like there's if I had to go back there's not one quick if I could make an Instagram post and show it to my younger self there's not one thing that would help it would be uh, I have to like it, it gives a lot of little things because when you're younger and you, you're stuck in your conditioning it's like it's not like one thing can really pull you out of it and even where I am now it's not like one thing can really pull me out of here if I'm struggling and at times I am really um, so yeah just understanding that uh, it's a multitude of things and, and telling my younger self that uh, you know as long as you're trying you're doing great and um, being kinder um, allowing yourself to mess up, being starting to be okay, not being okay. Um, I would have recommended my younger self go to a, a DBT therapist, dialectical behavioral therapy, which is about learning to walk the middle line rather than having extremes. Um, I'd say go to also a CBT therapist um, for what I was dealing with. I did a lot of like psychoanalytical therapy and uh, internal family systems work when I was younger with therapists, which was also super helpful. And I'm, and I'm very lucky that I was able I have the resources that I'm able to go and, and seek that kind of help. But um, what's helped the most for me now is, is uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, which has been like a proven modality in people struggling with, uh, per- it was made for people who struggling with personality disorders, but it helps with uh, a variety of um, things that we struggle with just as humans. So it's, it's incredibly applicable to so many things. So yeah, it's really what I would say is, is seek that kind of, that kind of help. Um, and yeah, when I was younger, like I, I kind of knew a lot of the spiritual things and I, um, especially with deep meditations, I would meditate like an hour a day. I get to this place where it's like nothing, you know, it's like this beautiful, deep, still in a place. And then I'm just like, well, how am I supposed to live? The-? And then, you know, of course I'd come back and there'd all be the conditioning and everything. And I was like caught. I saw all these things happening. I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to do about it. I didn't know it was supposed to approach yourself in fashion. I just tried to like control myself, like beat myself into submission because I was like there's this beautiful place that's what this is what it's like when I was young there's this beautiful place of openness and healing and like why why the why the fuck can't I always be there 
and understanding that it's about you know healing and, and bring love to that those conditionings and then they, they change and they dissolve and you slowly become that oneness that beautiful divinity that you can sometimes find in meditation that i don't know what it's called maybe nirvana but whatever and bring that and merging it with like where your conditioning and your responses and all that is uh is the important thing and i think the thing that's like what uh what moves people forward and what would have moved me forward in a better direction if i was younger but if you, but when i was younger it felt so permanent it felt like holy shit because because western society teaches you like you got to do a b and c and then you you pass you get a you get an a plus and you move on so it's really really not how it works humans were full we're complex we're sophisticated individuals and understanding that it is a real process and self-love is a huge component and i think in western meditation has to be emphasized so much more than it already is like deep emphasis that we need to bring self-love into our practices especially if you're first starting out just being really easy on yourself or trying and, and seeking help in uh in more of the western world too like seeking help in western modalities as well as eastern practices and not not going and not holding too many of these practices too seriously because if you do it's uh it's likely to take you down a rabbit hole maybe maybe not it may just be me and my ocd that takes these things to like a 10 when i just want to use them as a one but um yeah yeah i feel like it is it is such a practice and the end goal is always just finding balance and yeah i think for myself with spirituality and everything and all the complex mental health issues that I have. I have ADHD, OCD, and my rapid cycling bipolar disorder. So all of these things have their own array of um, symptoms, we can call them, that I experience on a daily basis. And I, I really like what you keep mentioning about how you really do need to just find what works for you. Um, I think especially around the mental health stuff, it is so catered to the individual. And yes, one thing that would could work for me might also work for someone else, but that's not going to be the case every time. And it really is just a trial and error process. And and I think, again, yeah, like what you were saying about Western society, how you get the A plus and you move on. We are taught and brought up in such a world of you have to do this, this, and this, and then you're good. And if you don't do that, you're bad. And it gives us this perception that we're not worthy if we can't achieve certain things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think one thing that's really important for people to always remember is that we truly are here just to experience life and everything that comes along with that. And it can be very hard at some at times. It can be really easy at times. And so it's all about trying to find that middle ground where the flow is and understanding too, that everything does happen for a reason, whether you believe that or not, I recommend trying to take that on as a belief. Personally, when I first tried to incorporate that into my belief system, it was rejected constantly because I couldn't grasp the fact that certain things happened. I'm someone who has lost quite a few people to suicide in the last few years. Um, and that is one thing that I've always really struggled with, um, with comprehending that that happened for a reason. That's, that's one thing that I just have very much struggled to bring into that world. And I think what I've learned in, in working with my therapist and diving into grief and learning all these different things as well is that it really is just a process and you just got to keep practicing these things. And even if I can't conceptualize myself, why someone taking their own life happened for a reason, that's not my responsibility to conceptualize and bringing that attention back to my own life is where I can find power in that belief and looking at the events in, in my life because I've experienced a lot of negative things and a lot of trauma but I would say that every single piece of trauma or negative event I've ever experienced is something that has positively impacted me in the long run and it took a lot of time for me to see that it really did and it took a change in perspective around these events for me to feel that way but 
now I look at things and I am extremely grateful, which sounds weird to say for the trauma I've experienced because it has brought me to where I am today and taught me the things I needed to in order to be on the path that I currently am, which at the moment feels very, very right. And when you have that deep inner peace with life and you know, like what you were saying, this Nirvana feeling of just being in the flow and having life just go right through you with no resistance to anything. It's an amazing place to be. And I'm not always there, but I have learned now to really come back to that pretty easily. And what I would say for people that don't know how to do that whatsoever is again, just pick up little things, start with five minutes of meditation, learn the small things that can change, but don't try and change your entire life. If you try and drop everything, Layla and I have talked about this at the beginning of May uh, for the first two weeks, I did a dopamine detox, which was very, very intense. I was waking up at 6am to then do a three hour morning routine that consisted of an hour of meditation, followed by journaling, uh, followed by a walk or exercise, and then pod a podcast. And then throughout the day, I would have eight or nine hours where I reserved these two weeks to have zero obligations externally. I also cut out technology completely during these two weeks. No phone, no screens, no nothing. And what I noticed when I was now having these eight or nine hours of, I like to call play because at the end of the day, I had no obligations. So for me, that was free time. That was, I noticed that I was getting bored constantly and I was really battling this concept of boredom. And then in the evenings, I would do another three hour night routine with yoga, another hour of meditation, all this stuff. And I also completely changed my diet and was fully sober for this period. So that was extreme, extreme, extreme. And as someone with bipolar disorder, that's kind of how I operate. Um, but my therapist helped me realize that wasn't the best way to do it. But at the end of the day, that was crazy for me. But doing something like that, when you try and completely cut everything out and change your entire routine does not work unless you have some very strong willpower and have put in a lot of work. If I tried to do that even a couple months before, it wouldn't have been possible. I was at the perfect place in my life where I was ready to take on something like that. So that's where you got to be able to look at where you're at and make the decision of where to go based on that. Because when you're, again, trying to go to step 20, when you're at step one, it's never going to be successful. And you're not going to feel good about yourself because it's just another thing that you didn't achieve. But at the end of the day, mistakes are lessons. And sometimes we have to learn the same lesson over and over and over again before we finally get the actual meaning we were supposed to be given. Yeah. How, how did it go for you those uh, three weeks? It was it was two weeks. Um, it was amazing. I really? It was really good. It was very, okay, I would say mentally very difficult, but with the amount of meditation that I was doing and my ability to follow that strict routine at the time, I was so present. And one thing that made it this possible, if I had not done the technology aspect of that, it would have been impossible for me. But because I had nothing coming in externally, I was also living by myself. I saw friends a couple days during that time period, but like they had to just show up at my house because I had no way of communicating with them. So um, when nothing was coming in, it cleared so much space for me to look at what was already there. And it gave me the ability to process emotions and just look at certain things and reconceptualize certain things in my mind that I had no idea was were affecting me like examples of emotional things I I had had some very intense emotions arise within the first few days um, about past relationships and certain things like that that I had realized were not processed whatsoever and it all just I had gave myself space and all of a sudden everything came to the surface and that was scary. It's not easy to face that when you're just really looking at everything very deeply. But I just was able to approach it with compassion and just constantly tell myself that I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing right now. And in order for me to ever get past these emotions, I have to feel them. So either I'm going to do it now or I'm delaying the inevitable. 
And I just really took a deep look at myself and it was a very transformational experience. I had a lot of clarity on the other side. Um, and Layla actually, Layla and I actually got started with everything, the podcast and all that right after those two weeks. So it was a very nice transition from solitude and working through stuff into a nice workflow. It's, it's all a journey, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's this up and down of some things may go really well and some things may not, you know, and you, you just kind of never know. It's, it's testing the waters. You're seeing where things are going to take you. And, you know, the timing of creating this podcast was so good. We were both in that solitude period for a while before that we spoke about, um, but it gave us the energy to create this. You know, otherwise we wouldn't have had the right amount of energy to put lots of work um, into something like this. So I think I think it's a great concept of this beautiful journey that we're all on, we're all creating. And um, yeah, and just kind of on that note, as we slowly wrap up, I just wanted to say to Zev, if you have any last comments or, or last things you wanted to share today. Um, no, and I think, I mean, it's all kind of been, uh, been said, I, um, yeah, I, uh, I think if there's anything to take away and anything to do is, uh, if you're struggling, there's help, you know, look out, get help. If you, if you tried a bunch of things, nothing's really worked, try something else, get help. Don't give up. Self-love and compassion is so important. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just moving forward and knowing that uh, you're you're worth it. You're worth um, the time. Mm -hmm. You're worth it. Uh, I mean, the first I was I went to hospital twice, and first time I went to the hospital, I felt like I uh, kind of like a fraud that I was there. Um, felt like uh, like I didn't deserve to be there. Um, you know, doing some really heavy, really heavy shit. I um yeah and so if you can uh, if you can legitimize yourself and legitimize where you're at and and not go through an experience where you're in a place and the, I mean it really doesn't it really isn't fun being uh yeah at a hospital and also like delegitimizing yourself from being there is uh also not very fun so you know as much as you can legitimizing where you're at how you're feeling reconnecting you know trying your best mm -hmm. and you're doing great yeah yeah that that's a beautiful message that I think can hit everyone's heart, you know, no matter who you are and what level or degree of what you're going through. I think everyone needs to hear that, you know, mm -hmm. no matter your journey, no matter, even if you're having an amazing time in life, like you need to hear that, you know, that moment to take a step back to just find that within yourself to give yourself a little bit more love, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and Thea, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up today? Um, well, I want to thank Zev for sharing everything he has. I yes. think our listeners are going to get a lot of value from the conversation we've had today. I know I definitely did. Um, so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience with everyone. It's not an easy thing to do to talk about these things. And your ability to do that speaks a lot about you. Um, so thank you very much for coming on. And I hope everyone listening managed to take away some things from what we've talked about today. And I think the biggest message is just, if you never quit, you can't fail, you know, don't give up. It's, it's life. You just got to keep working at it and it does get better. It does get easier. It's a process you're not alone in what you're feeling. There's so many people out there. Someone else has definitely experienced what you have. So if you do feel alone, reach out. Uh, however hard that may be, just sending a text message to a friend. If you don't have someone to reach out to a professional, get yourself help at a hospital if that's what you need. But just take the steps necessary for where you're at to get you where you want to be. Because staying where you are when you feel like shit is not the best option and there's other options so just muster up the courage if you can to do something little for yourself and if that's not reaching out right away and it's just learning how to get out of bed every morning then take that step because you're capable and 
you got to build the momentum in order to really get somewhere. So I hope everyone can take that. But um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. And Zev, if there's anything else you want to add before we close out. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. Like you said, taking those steps and um, thank you guys for having me. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity. It's been really nice. Um, You can uh, follow me if you want on Instagram at next level z and xt level z uh my phone number's there free free to reach out whenever you want because uh i love talking to new people and chatting i i do it's just super fun mm-hmm. so yeah i love you all whoever's listening um you're worth it and uh yeah amazing awesome. thanks for listening thank you